It is currently the end of November. The days are becoming shorter and the nights are becoming longer. It's fall. We watch leaves descend from trees and the air begin to get a little colder. As the wind blows and time passes, we have winter and then spring will come again. In physical terms, more light is on the way because the days will become longer again and warmer and the earth will renew itself as it has for millennia. The long election day at the beginning of this month, otherwise known as the Tuesday that would not end, has finally come to a close. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris have been selected to be the next president and vice president of the United States. The current occupant of the White House, however, has not actually conceded, and I found out yesterday, is not legally required to do so. It is customary to be graceful and admit loss, but not mandatory. Quite a few people that I know have been virtually vibrating with anxiety over the election after an already very stressful past nine months. It's as if a great many of us finally pulled our shoulders down from around our ears and let out the breath that we were unaware we were holding. Many of us may be disappointed in our country for the overwhelming support that we observed surrounding the election process for racist, sexist, transphobic, xenophobic rhetoric and behavior. Who are we? What does it mean to be a citizen of this country right now? My sister called me recently and asked me about unity for the nation. What I told her in response is this. I do not think that we can talk about unity until we can speak with civility. We know that the polarization between right and left, conservative and progressive are wider than ever before. We have had an administration openly at war with other parts of the administration over facts regarding the pandemic. We know that virus numbers are climbing sharply. So I find myself wondering what our COVID-19 numbers would look like if our health experts were the ones leading decisions about how to keep the public safe. Instead, it has been politicized and mocked by some public officials. I wonder if our death rate would be lower if we truly had universal health care for everyone in this country. What if Americans were less stubborn in relying on false ideas of independence and freedom? Until we can cease to see an us and a them, until we can understand that what hurts my neighbor hurts myself, we cannot speak of unity. Until we see that spreading myths about people from Mexico, for example, only enhances bigotry and hate, we will not be unified. Until we comprehend that our homophobic relative who speaks of hell for those different than herself is actually afraid, confused, woefully misinformed, we won't be able to get to a common understanding. Until we can each Every one of us raise objections when cruel policies are proposed or when vile jokes are said in our presence. The status quo will continue. 
We cannot truly begin to heal until we examine how we got to this point. For example, racism is not going to magically go away. We have to confront its roots in slavery and demonization of African-American people. Those of us who are white have some deep work we must do in examining our privilege conferred by whiteness and how the system protects and defends us while also oppressing and persecuting those who are not white. The figure of speech in the title that I chose must be addressed. Consider the imagery in a phrase, the light at the end of the tunnel. Do we imagine light as good? Do we believe that dark is bad? If we examine these ideas, the common understanding as dark as a metaphor for evil is part of the root that begets prejudice and discrimination in our society. For example, darkness can be positive. Darkness helps us sleep at night. What is dark? Darkness encloses a child in the womb. It can be a seed deep in the earth. Darkness can symbolize rest, richness, the closeness of an embrace. Darkness can be indicative of not knowing what is ahead of us and the mystery of what could actually turn out to be a great opportunity. Conversely, lightness or light can be harmful. Light or white isn't necessarily good. It could be the light of an interrogation room or a prison cell where they never turn off the lights at all. Light could be from a fire that is burning thousands of acres as we saw earlier this year. Light could be from an explosion. Light can burn. Have you ever had a sunburn? The most glaring example that I can think of is the illusion that lighter human beings are superior, who have, this has created a vast swath of harm. The white men who created this concept of race several hundred years ago have opened up a Pandora's box of evil and nobody seems to know how to stop the monstrous thing. Indeed, Actually, there are a lot of white people who are deeply invested in the continuation of racism because greed and self-interest are factors that keep it in motion. According to an article in Scientific American, The Black is Bad Effect, researchers at New York University did studies that show there is proven bias against people with darker skin. Subjects in this study believed darker-hued people were more likely to commit evil acts like rape and murder. Equating darkness with evil or lightness with good isn't true. It's not. Perhaps we could create new metaphors that don't reinforce prejudice. Could we imagine darkness as restorative? Have you ever heard of the Proud Boys? They are definitely perpetuating evil. Or how about this? 
Could you imagine a world in which nobody running for president of the United States was male or white? The species that has been making headlines around this world, around the world this year is COVID-19. It is a species, it is a virus. We don't imagine that the virus has a race or a color. So why must we imbue colors of humanity with positive or negative traits? In a pandemic world, we are facing an enormous amount of grief. We might find ourselves wondering, will I get it? Will someone that I love fall ill? How can we all stay safe? Even the idea of safety keeps shifting on us. What is safe? What isn't? How do we take proper precautions? First we were told this, then we were told that. It keeps shifting. Everything's been shifting. Nevertheless, there are good people right now who are working hard to release vaccines. We don't know how long it's going to take. We do know that they are doing their very best. It's a lot to carry. 2020 has been intense, complex, difficult, with significant losses. 264,800 documented deaths from COVID-19 at this point, according to today's New York Times. But we can't stay there emotionally. We have to look at where we've been. We have been through so much this year and the collective trauma is real. And then we've got to find our way forward. From an essay in the Huffington Post entitled, Because of the Pandemic, People Are Battling a Disorder They've Never Faced Before by Ocean Capewell, she says this. None of us signed up for the impossible choices that we have to make each day. None of the nurses, doctors, cleaning crew, social workers, chaplains, EMTs, grocery store clerks, or security guards gazed into their crystal balls or communicated with their spirit guides or saw the answers spelled out in an unusually shaped cloud formation or got a text message from their psychic medium to predict this complete and utter disaster. Nobody signed up for the piles of bodies, the bodies in refrigerated trucks, the bodies in mass graves. The bodies that were once a human being, someone was in charge of keeping alive. If you are alive and aware in 2020, it is important to remember that you are doing the absolute best that you can in a completely insane situation. Even if you've made mistakes, even if you were just too tired sometimes, even if you gave in to despair, even if your coping methods look messy. We must begin to heal. We must allow sadness for the loss and cherish the things that we are grateful for. We have to find a way to get back to an experience of joy. And like the earth, we will move towards renewal. We must express our feelings for those that we love and support people who are struggling. The United States is long overdue 
for confronting how capitalism perpetuates poverty, inequality, and racism through money, power, and access, while denying the basics of life to people who have historically been marginalized, thus handing down suffering from one generation to the next, to the next. So maybe 2020 will be the beginning of the end of ignoring the cries of those in peril. Perhaps we will start to understand how we're all connected and positive change really is on the way. And so I now turn to wondering about healing for us as Unitarian Universalists and as human beings. We know that meeting in person will not be possible for at least another six months, possibly much longer. How can our communities adapt and continue in this new time of virtual church? How can we spend this upcoming year of 2021 in seed energy? dark, in gestating and preparing for this new reality that we find ourselves in, rather than merely enduring, which we've done and we're here, how could we find growth and build relationship emerging stronger than ever before? Can we find new ways to meet together? What if we found alternate methods for outreach and dare I say it, be a little bit evangelical about the ways Unitarian Universalism can save us so that justice, equity, and compassion aren't just part of who we are, but we move our values with us into the streets, the state houses, and the carceral system, or as I refer to it, the injustice system. I wanted to share with you one small symbolic expression of both collective mourning and of hope. Recently, an artist named Eugenio Ampudia organized a performance of Puccini's Chrysanthemi in the first event in a large orchestra house in Barcelona. The audience, 2,292 potted plants. In Italy, the chrysanthemum is a flower expressive of loss and mourning. Our world is changing. We cannot speak anymore of returning to normal. The reality moving forward is forever changed. And it is my hope that we can become more resilient, more powerful, more gentle and kind into a fairer and more just society. May it be so. Amen and blessed be.